sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Listening to the source of live odds, line, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line, continuing to give you the edge on sports. Good. I got to tell you guys, though, I want to know what kind of edge Kevin has because he's already gotten his $600. I keep looking for my check. Nothing just yet, but that's okay. We will continue to put the fun and functional sports content. And, Kev, as we move over here, let's start talking about the NFL. We got a lot of stuff here to discuss as we roll into wild card weekend. I think it's going to be amazing, Kev. You know, usually... I say that next week, the divisional round is the best weekend in football because there's like four games. And then in most years, the one in the two seed get involved. Right. And it's really the big boys this year. I think it's this weekend. Right. Because we don't have four games. We don't have two games like championship Sunday. We've got six games to play this weekend and we will talk about them all today and of course tomorrow when we have a football Friday here on the early line I do want to ask you though one of these teams is the Los Angeles Rams and I've noticed that their line has gone down a bit it was like four and a half now it's three and a half and I wonder if they're getting healthy, you know, it looks like Whitworth may be back for them. Cooper Cup has been activated, right? Another defensive lineman, I think Brockers also. But the real question is Jared Goff. And we're seeing that he's like throwing the ball, limited stuff in practice. What do you think about the availability of some of these Rams? I think that's one thing in terms of headlines, which started to come on my radar yesterday. It seems like the Rams are getting healthier and on the underside we're not hearing the same kind of talk about Jamal Adams yeah you know for the Ram my thing is I guess like so Cooper Cup Goff it's, it's all great how healthy do they need to be for a Rams backer to have enough confidence to to get behind it because we know that they just want to run the football. Like, I, And I wonder if that's part of the reason why people are willing to keep betting this Rams line to the point where we're seeing it maybe drop a little bit, right? Because th this is now a situation where 85% of Jared Goff, you know, you would still think is a much better quarterback than Wofford. But you think? more important than how much better he is, the Seahawks would have to think that. They have to respect a lot more if Jared Goff is in that quarterback. Also, of course, if Cooper Cup is out there on the field, they need to respect a lot more. And that then, in an ideal world for the Rams, can allow them to have more efficiency on the ground, which is their desired way to win. And... That's why I think it does make some sense to start to see this come. It just as long as it looks like those key guys are going to be on the field, that's probably enough for people to want to back the Rams. All right, fair enough. And obviously, the big one will be Jared Goff. I guess when you and you mentioned like the eighty-five percent, right? That's the thing we're not going to know. You know what I mean? We're not going to know if it's ninety percent, eighty-five percent, or fifty percent, right? Like I mean, because here's the thing: we're also talking about this with Alex Smith. Right. 
in Washington. The calf is obviously not 100% in the way that he's walking around. And they're even talking about potentially rotating in with Tyler Heineke. But, like, at what threshold? Like, is 80% of Smith and or Goff good enough? 90%? 60%? At what point, Kev, are they really kind of a liability for their team? You know, as we as we want here welcome in our radio audience, we welcome in all of our affiliates here, getting up on the grid, getting the winning edge. That's what we do here as we fundamentally put the fun in functional sports content. We hopefully make it profitable for you as well. But, Kev, if you, like, in Washington or in Los Angeles, you have a compromised quarterback, like, is 70% good enough how will you kind of monitor that or would you pull the trigger on that in game yeah so the thing is right are they going to really be honest with us is sean McVay before just so everybody knows hey know. jared goff 75 percent. Right. like we're not going to know and, and that of course is the value of in-game live and of course we'll be set up here on the grid with in-game live throughout this game throughout all of these games uh, to give you the edge necessary to take a look at how, what the lines are saying and what the golf performance is looking like i just I would already, Dane, be interested in an under-pass attempts prop for Jared Goff. Because mm. the only way I feel like you end up, unless they significantly lower that number, the avenue to which you lose that bet is the game gets completely away from the Rams, and they will have to become one-dimensional, and they have to keep everything right. through the air. But that is something that you would think the Rams' defense gives them a good enough chance to limit. And this should be a competitive football game. Even if, even if the Seahawks cover, this should still, I would think, stay within a near one-possession game for the vast majority of it. Yeah, this game is also interesting to me because, like, the first two times these teams played in the regular season, they are division rivals. The total was completely out of whack, right? It was, they, these games went well under the total. It profiled as more like a division punch you in the mouth kind of slugfest. And I see now, this time, third time around, 42 and a half is the total. I'm tempted to even still go under. I want to bounce one more thing off of you here. You know, we've been talking about these head coach openings, Kenneth. Well, a different kind of opening in the NFL is the general manager there's like seven gm openings and new england patriots former director of player personnel nick cesario is uh looks like he's gonna get one of them out there in houston they're already making moves but it's interesting right it used to be bill o'brien and that was like the patriots tree looks like you're going right back to the patriots uh do you like that real quick you know, listen, it's tough for us to know how good these guys are going to be yeah. until they really get into that big chair spot. But all in all, if you if you pull from yeah. the Patriots organization, it's understandable. Sure. We'll talk about it more when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Work. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. That's what we do here. And now so many more people will be able to hear us giving you the edge and fundamentally putting the fun and functional sports content as we are on Sirius XM channel 204. If you don't know, now you know. What you need to do is tell a friend to tell a friend to get the winning edge with us here on Sports Grid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, we were talking about the Houston Texans. Um you know, uh, filling their GM job, right? And I wanted to make the distinction because, yeah, they're coming on in. But remember, Bill O'Brien did work in that role. And by work, I mean messed it up for the next guy, right? They're in cap space <laughs> hell. They have no draft picks, right? So as a GM coming in, you don't really have many bullets in the chamber here from a GM perspective with the Texans, right? I mean, the third pick in the draft was supposed to belong to the Texans, but it belongs to the Dolphins. And you and I had conversations about this a little bit off air, but very brief, like, oh, but they got Laramie Tunzel. Like, are we sure that you wouldn't rather Penny Sewell than Tunzel when you just factor in age and contract and the talent level that Sewell seems to be bringing to the table? Like, it now again, that is a hindsight type of thing. But, like, the fact that they had to give up as much draft capital as they did to get Tunzel because they couldn't find anybody to protect Watson. Like, they just remember they sent Dwayne Brown to Seattle? Yes. How was that a thing that happened? Like, they couldn't protect anybody. They sent out the only good offensive lineman they had. They had to give up an arm and a leg then to get somebody to protect Deshaun Watson. They then had to pay that players so much money they had to send DeAndre Hopkins out for a quarter on the dollar like it's just been mistake after mistake after mistake the only thing they've gotten right was selecting Deshaun Watson which that's obviously a big part of the puzzle you sure okay? Deshaun Watson, obviously like that's a big deal but what good is it if this just turns into Mike Trout because right. the thing Mike Trout is undeniably the best player in Major League Baseball we all know this right, right? But every year, I feel like I have to ask people, hey, you think they'd be better off trading Trout, getting back a treasure chest of assets because seemingly they don't know how to put enough to sink it around up. him? Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that makes like, sense. And that's what we've been talking about with Deshaun Watson for a while, right? Remember when the Texans went and traded DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason? And you and I were talking about, well, someone should put a microphone in front of Deshaun Watson today and see what the man has to say. So I think that is yeah. definitely interesting. But I did draw that distinction of the Houston general manager's job that was just filled for a reason, Kev. We have been talking about, you know, Black Monday. There are six NFL head coaching openings here still in the NFL that will get filled. We've been hearing about some of the interviews that have been happening, right? You know, Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy, uh Marvin Lewis. We are hearing buzz about Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. And we have been talking about this week, you know, what makes a job attractive, right? And, and we talk about everything from draft capital to salary cap space, to the front office, to the division, to the talent that you have. And so what we told you we were going to do, and we are doing it now here today, is kind of rank for us which jobs are the most appealing. Like Eric Bieniemy is interviewing with three, four teams, right? right. If they all make him an offer... What does he want to do, right? And so we've been talking about this a little bit, and I'll give you my rankings first. I'll have you react to them, let you see, uh, and then see what you think of. And I want to go from the bottom to the top, okay? So there are six openings, and if you remember, for me, five and six are Atlanta and Detroit. 
And the reason I say that is because, yes, they have quarterbacks in Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan, but they are aging. And if you are a quarter, uh, a new head coach, you think you're going to be with this team for five, eight, ten years. And if you do that, and you know I've said this before, Kev, if you're doing that in Detroit or you're doing that in Atlanta, you are going to have to be the man that makes this decision on, like, the all-time franchise quarterback. And that is never a mess that you want to have to inherit or handle. I also just think those teams really have a long way to go. So because of that and the PR nightmare that could be there around Stafford and Ryan, I think those are less desirable. Then I have the Jags and the Jets. For me, they're almost on par, right? You have something of a blank slate with both of those jobs. You have top two picks. You have a clean slate in terms of the salary cap, the ability to spend some money, right? And then in Jacksonville, you know you got an owner who's willing to do it. In New York, you got a big-time media market if you were able able to be successful. So I think those are kind of desirable jobs. I don't think they're going to have to settle in New York or in Jacksonville, mostly because of the draft capital and salary cap space that they do have. But Kev, that's why I talked about the difference of the general manager job and the head coach job. For me and the head coach, I want the cupboard to not be bare, right? So for me, the number two job is the Los Angeles Chargers. They have maybe the rookie of the year in Justin Herbert. At least you think I've got my quarterback. You also have a roster, in my opinion, Kev, that is loaded with talent. We know about Bozan Ingram. We know about Derwin James if he stays healthy. We Eckler is signed. The wide receivers are there, right? The cupboard is not bare. They have talent and they have the quarterback. So if I'm dropped in there, I think I can do work. But some of you guys bristled at my number one job. And for me, it's the Houston Texans. I know they are in salary cap hell. I know they don't have draft picks. I know all of that. But guess what, Kev? If these teams have draft picks and they use them on quarterbacks, the best thing they could want is that quarterback pick to turn into the level of Deshaun Watson. If you have that salary cap space, the best thing you, what are you going to do? Get a quarterback on the open market that is good as Deshaun Watson? No, that's not going to happen, right? So for a GM, I'll give you, it ain't an easy job at all, right? The cap space, the draft picks, but as a coach, I want to coach the talent and the quarterback is the most important position. And I know out of these six jobs, the only one that I know for damn sure that I'm going to have a Pro Bowl quarterback four years from now when the leash is getting tighter on me as a head coach is I know that I'll have number four running my huddle. That to me is the trump card of all of this. This is the only job where I get a Pro Bowl all pro caliber quarterback that is locked up for the foreseeable future and because of that reason i'm okay coaching deshaun watson and the houston texans so i think the debate of the known versus the unknown when it comes to the texans and chargers versus the jets and the jaguars is incredibly interesting i think the distinction between gm and and head coach is a fair one to make but they are not you know they, they can be tied together and also, yes. Dane, you've made this point a lot, right? How expectations can be a killer. Yeah. Okay, so you're the coach of Deshaun Watson. Better go win. I mean, I mean, Bill O'Brien lost his job very quickly this year. Yep. Now, he had been teetering in seasons past, but he was the coach and the GM and lost his job within four weeks of the season. 
the right. expectations that will surround you by being the head coach for Deshaun Watson, you would like to have enough around you. And I guess the Texans above the Jets or the Jags because you go at a known commodity yep. is understandable. But if I were to push back here, it would be the Chargers being below the Texans because I don't know if the gap between Watson and Herbert makes up approximately 45 extra million dollars in cap space. And and already, Dane, I think an unquestionably better roster, Bosa, Darwin James, Keenan Allen, the list goes on and on and on. Absolutely. So I think going known commodity, and we can kind of break into mine after the break about why I went with the unknown. For me, though, when you talk Texans and Chargers – I, I clearly lean Chargers because I don't think even someone of Watson's talent can make up the difference that exists between the cap space. They don't they have one pick in the first three rounds. The no, I hear you. I hear you. But listen, and they are in cap hell, although, you know, if I was also that GM, I might pull some moves, <clears throat> J.J. Watt, to get me out of cap hell. But the only thing I'll say, Kev, is does – the 10 games you've seen from Justin Herbert, does that make him a known quantity? And that's what I would answer back with. We'll talk about it more. We'll see Kevin's list when we come back right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Grid Radio Network. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates, all of our radio affiliates, all of our streaming affiliates, and especially as we turn the lights on this morning, Sirius XM Channel 204. We appreciate you getting down with us very early in the morning as we fundamentally put the fun and functional sports content. Dane and Kevin, we were talking about these head coaching openings, Kev. And, you know, I mean... I'm going to lean towards the known quantity. I like the way you framed it, the known versus the unknown, right? And for me, I know I've got a Pro Bowl quarterback. I'll take that in my back pocket, and you can have everything else. You know what I mean? And reasonable people can disagree, can put more more uh, weight on things like salary cap space, right, on the draft picks, on the rest of the roster. But I've got a lot of Knicks fans out here that literally have Knicks jerseys that say cap space on the top instead of a player's name so we know how that could work out right you have framed it as the known versus the unknown and i got you when it comes to the jets or the jaguars potentially turning a top two pick into someone who is a pro bowler like deshaun watson at that position so talk to me a little bit though about the other job that's in there for both of us at the top which is the chargers right and i think a lot of that has to come down to justin herbert where do you put Justin Herbert, Kev, on this continuum of the known and the unknown? Because he was great. He's probably the rookie of the year. But even that doesn't guarantee that he's going to have a great, you know, five, eight, ten year NFL career with a lot of Pro Bowls. We've seen right. quarterback rookies of the year then, you know, regress or not continue their development per se. So Mm -hmm. where does Herbert fit on known versus unknown as these factors to consider? So he's, he's definitely not Deshaun Watson. 
He's, he's also right. <laughs> not a quarterback out of exactly. college, right? So he is he is somewhere in between the jobs that are surrounding him when we're ranking these openings. The thing about Herbert is, one, if you're a head coach, right? Now, there's no guarantee, I guess, you're an offensive mind in this situation, although maybe we're making a bit of an assumption that you might be because of how important right. the quarterback position is, and that's typically who is getting the most looks. But you would trust your ability to, at the minimum, keep Herbert's level of play consistent. And I think this year's Justin Herbert, with and with you know with a, a better version of Anthony Lynn, like they might have right. made the playoffs this year. And now next year, again, there's a chance that Herbert continues to tick up. They get to add more draft capital, and they get to use that cap space. Plus, maybe Derwin James can actually play some football. Joey yeah, right. Bosa missed a ton of time. Eckler missed a decent amount of time as sure. well. Like These guys were going to war without a full complement, and they what? ended the year. Now, schedule was a little bit lighter. Maybe they shouldn't have, but they ended the year on a four-game win streak to almost kind of reaffirm, like, yes, there is talent here on this roster. And the other thing, Dana, we know this, the most valuable thing in football over these past couple of years really has proven to be the quarterback on a rookie contract. And For sure. you have Watson. But you've got Watson at the price that he is worth, right? right. I've yep. got Herbert on a discount, even if he doesn't get any better. Honestly, even if he regresses, I have Herbert on a discount. Because I have ways to bring things up, right, throughout the rest of that roster that are currently there. And then that I can fully bring into the fold as well. No, I hear you. And trust me, don't get me wrong. I, you know I love the Chargers. That cupboard is not bare. You know, it's just... My butt goes on the hot seat if all of a sudden Justin Herbert regresses in year two or three. And listen, I like what I've seen out of the kid, right? But that that option is still, you know, the potential yeah. is still there. We put up, let's put up your rankings though, Kev. It looks like you do agree with me on the bottom, right? That the Lions, that the Falcons are the least desirable jobs. We do agree that those two are on the bottom. What was your rationale for me? I'm telling you, I just mm -hmm. don't want to manage having to be the guy that moves on from Matt Ryan. In Atlanta. Yeah, it tells Matt Stafford he ain't yeah. good enough anymore, right? That we're going in a different direction and the teams aren't that great, right? So what was it for you? Yeah, I mean, for those two teams, the level of uncertainty right now is, I mean, does each team right now have the best quarterback in their franchise's history? Potentially, I, I say yeah. That, like, right? Like, yeah. that is obviously not, it's not an easy move. But likely on the decline. But like, yeah, they're they're both good enough quarterbacks to where you can win with them. But how long is is that right. the plan? Like again, like are we trying to move on? Or are we coming? Or are we going? And we just don't know, right? And because right. the rosters are incredible, I don't have a world of cap space. Like, I, I there's too much unknown there for me, right? And the things that I do know, I almost maybe I'd rather not know, right? Right. So <laughs> those teams, like they were to me a tier of their own at five six. Honestly, the Texans were tier of their own at four okay where it was okay. okay you have watson you can't go much lower than that but literally every like pros cons list pros watson and then it, no i hear the, you the i think you're right watson like, is wow, the, one of the only of pros there he's like one of the yeah. only pros there i just think it's the best pro out of everything that is involved no, right. right so like so talk to me though, it all out 
Yeah, you have, though, the Jaguars one, the Chargers two, and the Jets as the third potentially most coveted option. Mm-hmm. If you, for example, were offered all six of these jobs, tell me a little bit about your thinking why you have Jacksonville, then the Chargers, then the Jets. Yeah, and I, and I spoke a lot about the Chargers, and you can tell, right, I hold that position in high regard. Really, the, the separation then when it comes just to the Jags and the Jets is the Jags go first in, 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 every, right, in every way when it comes to the draft. I pick first, I pick 33rd, and so on and so forth. And that does matter, right? Because I get first crack at this. And and in this world, Dane, where you have to do a little bit of of assuming, right? I'm going to assume that if I have this job, I'm going to take the right player, right? I can't say I've got the Jets won because the Jags are going to mess up the pick. That that wouldn't be fair. And Jacksonville has... By the time we look at the Jaguars roster at the end of next year and we hold it up to these six teams, and it would be an interesting exercise, I mean, there's a world they have the best roster on the list because of the cap space and because of the quarterback position. And here's the thing about Trevor Lawrence. And as much as I want Justin Fields to still remain a part of the conversation, when you take Trevor Lawrence for what he is, who he is as a prospect and what he has put out there on the field at Clemson, I would be floored if Justin Herbert was ever as good as Deshaun Watson. That speaks more to Watson than Herbert. I I would almost be equally as shocked if Trevor Lawrence wasn't at least as good as Justin Herbert, if not as right. good as Deshaun Watson. Good old Those are the expectations unknown. that we have for this guy, right? And I and I like that you've and you've kind of been doing this right, just like Four years, right? Maybe four years is the like my tenure, right? I'm gonna have to ourselves. hope. I'm gonna have to hope, like you said, that we get it right. I'm gonna have to hope that I'm a good coach, right? And so that after right. my time, that we're rolling, right? So I'm worried about four years yeah. from now and who that quarterback would be. Absolutely. So by we by the time we enter year three, right, and you know we all get our wish, sure. there is a chance I have the best quarterback. Which Trevor Lawrence, right? Assuming I now look, there's also a chance that the Jets get the best quarterback too. But again, we're kind of assuming I get the pick right now. That also is a tricky game because that is what a lot of people assume, and it doesn't always work out that way. So that's where you try. I tried to find the balance, and I mean, if Watson could have been in literally any better of a situation, right, then they would have rocketed up this board. Or if Justin Herbert had one more year under the belt, they could have rocketed up this board. More of the known. And honestly, maybe, like, if if it was last year's quarterback class instead of the best quarterback prospect we've maybe ever right. seen sitting here in this draft, and maybe Jacksonville doesn't check in at one. And the last point I'll make is just something that you and I talked a little bit about yesterday, but that opportunity to walk in at the same time with a general manager. I do think that is an attractive option. That dream yeah. scenario of a tag team of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like no matter what happens in San Francisco, it and even this year, right, is a down year. Don't you just trust those two guys? And they feel like they they work together to get the job done. They see it the same. And I think yeah. that's why they've been able to put out good results. 
No, absolutely. Being on the same page, having the same vision, coach and GM is certainly key. And there's a few teams that will be turning the page on both of those roles in this offseason. The last question I want to ask you about this discussion. One of the things I always say, I see it in college, I see it in pros. In college, you got teams talking about the national championship and that coach will always say, we want to win our conference. That's our job to win the Big 12 or to win the ACC, right? That's what our goal is. In the NFL, also, we're talking about Super Bowls and all this stuff, but coaches say what they're trying to do is win the division, right? And so does the idea of the relative strength of the division um, come into your mind at all? Like, listen, I'm talking about Houston. You're talking about Jacksonville. They both reside in AFC South, right? Is there any thought for you, the fact that, hey, Indy, you know, they have Philip Rivers there as a stopgap. You know, Derrick Henry as the king. It's two years of back-to-back. But that ain't going to happen for five, six, seven years in a row. Could that division, the AFC South, be more like prime for the taking in two, three years, like we're talking about, as opposed to, say, the Chargers with Patty Mahomes still there? I, and I honestly, Dane, I think they're right to have eight divisions. I mean, the only one where you would be like, oh, boy, is the AFC West. Right. Because it's Mahomes, right? I mean, Lamar didn't win the division this year. No, the fair. Patriots finally got beat out this year in the AFCs. It's the only one where I think you even remotely entertain hmm. that idea. Okay. But I think in an ideal world, you control what you control because you never know what's going to happen. It, it, at the end of yeah. the day, like – if all of a sudden Andy Reid's like, yo, sick, two Super Bowls, appreciate right. you. All of a sudden, things feel a little different. I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, we compare Mahomes to Michael Jordan and find out talking about anybody in that conference when Michael Jordan was still there as a barricade. When we come back, we go into these wild card games and what we're looking at to give you the edge on Sports Grid. simple choice keep listening and get the winning edge or don't and wish you had we are the sports grid radio network sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, the winning edge. That's what we do here on SportsGrid for any of our new listeners or no new viewers. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. We got Kevin Walsh, the candle burner out there. Kev, we were talking about some of these head coaching jobs that are open. These are teams that are not in the playoffs. So let's instead talk about teams that are in the playoffs and will have games going on this weekend as they still are live for the Lombardi Trophy. You know. Kev, yesterday and on a lot of Wednesdays, we do a segment called Watch for the Hook, where Mm -hmm. we look at games that are at like three and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, two and a half, right? And and tell people, listen, you may want to bet it now because that hook may disappear or on a it may be on a key number and then go to six and a half or seven and a half. And we tell people, do we want to bet it now or bet it early? Mm -hmm. And under that context, I ask you about one of the games that a lot of people are excited about on Sunday, the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, because listen, let yesterday when we did this, the Titans were home dogs. They're still home dogs. But yesterday, Kev, the spread was three and a half. 
the hook has gone. So the whole watch for the hook idea is now live. Now I see this spread at three. So like if you wanted Tennessee, you would have got it yesterday at three and a half. You get it today. You don't get the hook. And to be quite honest, I was looking for that because I, I I think winter is coming a little bit. I know that they're secondary. I know their defense is bad. I know they get no pressure likely on Lamar Jackson. He'll be able to sit there and then, you know, take the escape hatch if he wants. But, you know, I love this Tennessee team, but I've just I've lost the hook. Why do you think that is? And why is that always a reason to think about maybe getting lines early? So the thing is, and and I love doing this because we follow the hook. The juice, though, always is an indicator for us. So three and a half existed, right? That was the number that they gave us to begin. And eventually we found ourselves with this minus three. And we were looking at this number and it was minus 122 on minus three. Which and now it's minus 128. Now it's minus 128. Right. So it's we're on which, the precipice here. Which what we've seen from spreads on the FanDuel Sportsbook, typically for an NFL spread, that's about the height you will pay. Because the plus three is plus 104. So the other option is to give the hook back. The interesting thing, though, is they've already done that. So perhaps, Dan, the sportsbook knows when that hook appears, this is only going one way. Titans plus three and a half. Titans plus three and a half. Right. Titans plus three and a half. And they're not getting people that are going to be willing to get to that Ravens minus three and a half. Maybe day of, right? Because day of is a little different. You don't have much of a choice here, Right. Like, the willingness to bet early, and this is kind of why we do this, is because you are getting a number that you would say to yourself, well, maybe it won't be there come Sunday. Right. The At the end of the day, if you look at this number right now, you say, I like the Titans getting three, but I would love them getting three and a half. You just wait it out. You just wait it out. Conversely, if you like Baltimore, and this number is now minus three, but at minus 128, Here's the question I ask, Dane. Yeah. Is minus 184 money line still below the threshold where it is worth making a money line play? I feel like once we get to minus 200, it's probably for most people gone a touch too far. And I know minus 150 for maybe a lot of people is where that buck stops. But points are valuable, man. And that ability yeah. to just say, I need you just to win. Forget the field goal. Forget extra points. I just need, at the end of the game, to say the Ravens have more points than the <laughs> Titans. And I don't care by how many. Maybe for some, not for me, Kev. Okay? Mm-hmm. And and for two reasons. One, you know... I. I think the Titans are live here. Okay, they're the division champion. They're the home team. They're the home team that are going to have 14,520 fans in that building, right? So I also think that is something that we haven't fully talked about or considered. I think crowds in some of these buildings are going to make a difference in a way that hasn't happened in the regular season. I think that's some hidden value, the crowd in Tennessee. So... I wouldn't be willing to do that personally, but that's part of because of the way I view this game and how I think because the Titans are live to win outright, I even more would not go past that threshold of minus money at the money line 
kind of bet. And and I think you're right. Some people see it at, say, minus 200. Some people see it at minus 150. For me, it is right around minus 150, minus 160. I wouldn't want to lay the money line at a, at a bigger minus number than that. You add that personally in this game, I think the Tennessee Titans are very live despite their piss poor defense. And then you get the answer that no, if I'm going to take uh, money line, it won't be with the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think about this total though, Kev? 50 four and a half that's a big number now listen sure i've been hyping up this tennessee titans offense as one of the most dynamic in the league even though they are maybe you know with king henry like they don't get the job done and just like you were talking about alabama derrick henry can rip off a 60 yard run and end the drive at any given moment and then when you think about what baltimore can do offensively against this tennessee defense you know, I was telling you about Seahawks Rams, and I may want to go under the lowest number. I think I may want to go over this high number. So let's see, Dane, if we can combine the whole kit and caboodle here to get us where we want to Talk go, to me. Right? Because Talk to the me. total is 54 and a half, but we've got a light spread on our hands, right? So a lot of points going to happen, close game. Right. We're going to have a lot of opportunities in game, that means. And I know people are going to want to bet this pregame, and, and tomorrow we'll probably, you know, we'll narrow this down and we'll find out where we want to go, right? But Dane, if, even if you're leaning over, even if it doesn't get there, right? We're going to get to 49, seven touchdowns in this game. There's going to be blows yeah. exchanged in this spot. I think so. One way I think from time to time you can play a game is you can bet a team to score first. And if you win your bet, Great, right? And and the the number will be lower if you're if you wanted to back the Ravens, it'll be lower than that minus one eighty four, one hundred percent. The total sure. is high, the spread is low. And if you wanted to take the Titans, it would be lower than that plus one fifty four. But again, you can get in, get out. If you lose that bet, you will guaranteed get a better number on the spread. For where the Titans, you can cross key numbers and get a six and a half possibly, right? Which again. That is bringing that hook back and then some. You mean by betting Tennessee to score first? By betting Tennessee to yeah, score you, first, if you win it, you're good. If not, that means Baltimore's up 7 nothing, and then in-game live, instead of plus 3, I'll get something plus a lot more. And even if Baltimore's up 7 nothing, and I'm a Titans backer, I ain't scared, especially if I'm getting over a touchdown, right? Just right, to be clear here, Ravens we got some new score. listeners and users. You're giving out gambling, Absolutely. you know, like 301 graduate style courses <laughs> here, Kev, and I appreciate that, right? But I just yeah. wanted to be clear with what you mean because these are mm-hmm. like sequence kinds of bets, stringing things together to, to ultimately 100%. become profitable. So for some of our newer listeners and viewers, I just want to make yeah. sure so they can keep up with you, brother man. Yeah, my thing is, and and the reason why, like, we don't do this during the regular season, the playoffs are a different animal. The numbers are so tight, they're so sharp, and they're very difficult that you sometimes have to get creative here, right? And again, I mean, that's why we do in-game live, right? It's it's that ability to just get a better number. And so so let's just say we take the Titans, for example, right, and you kind of walk this thing down. So you bet the Titans, and let's just ballpark the number right now at plus 125 to score first, and then the Titans score first. But you're good to go. You've won your bet, right? I've won. You can still mess around in-game. Props, cool. Job done. You lose, though, right? The Ravens score first. The odds that you would be out on the Titans' ability to compete just because the Ravens score first is unlikely. Now, you would need to come in on this Tennessee spread for more than you risked 
and right and a little bit and right, then right, right. some in order to still make the profit so you'll have to make sure that your unit size is adjusted appropriately to make those initial positions and, and then your bounce back positions if Baltimore scores first but let's just say it is seven nothing Ravens and the, the at the minimum you would get Titans plus four and a half at the minimum you can by the end of that Titans drive with just the field goal be covering Right? right, which is not the case on your pregame number, and I think it could still be higher than that four and a half, and that's where you can kind of take this partnership of a low spread but a high total, let the team exchange blows, and get the better numbers in game. Because conversely, Titans yeah. score first. I, I know I don't have to lay a field goal anymore. Probably. Right, a pick. Right, right. Yeah, and you've also won your bet, right? So I'm already profitable right out of the gate. And, Kev, I will say this, though. I'm a little bit concerned, and, you know, we've talked about this for both of these teams in the regular season. If Baltimore gets down, are they equipped to become a comeback style of team with Lamar Jackson? If Tennessee gets down, we've talked about Ryan Tannehill still kind of being able to do it, but the, the Titans can't let this game get away from them either you know because of a negative game script what might happen to their defense i want to ask you about one other game kev where i have seen some movement it's in the night game on saturday with tampa and the football team this spread was at eight maybe even eight and a half early in the week it looks like maybe some money is coming in on the football team what do you know another home dog kev that had a big number but that number is shrinking what do you think this is due to because i don't think it's due to the reports that they may rotate quarterbacks. Do you think it could be due to something like the temperature at night in our nation's capital? Well, this is a, a situation where you've got a spread that's above a possession, right? Like it's seven yeah. and a half, and it's, it's still a total over that. that's been falling, 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 mm. now down to 44. Got to make up that margin. So if there's only going to be so many points scored, it's going to be hard to cover a touchdown and then some for Tampa Bay. But I'm glad you brought this up because I want to toss it back to you. All year long, you've been rolling with home dogs, right? And you've been yeah. doing it with great and success. And there's two of them. You know? And there's two of them this weekend. So, so we have two of them. But here's here's the question. When you look at a regular season home dog, you have a lot of factors at play. You can sneak up on people, right? You have maybe it's a division game, and division games always um, – division games just seem to be coin flips at, at all times where this is now the playoffs. Is the value of the home dog the same, less, more, now that we've flipped the calendar? I mean, that's a great question, right? And you still got to think about it as a case-by-case basis. But ultimately, I would say two things. One, my knee-jerk reaction is, is more valuable because now when we think about home dogs in the regular season, we're talking about teams that go 2-14, and 14, right? This is still a playoff team, I know, NFC least, ha-ha-ha, but this is a solid team now getting the home dog kind of situation. A lot of our home dogs – Listen, it went like 58, 59% over the season, right? Some of the ones that didn't come in were like the Jaguars, the Jets, the Lions, right? This Washington team is not that. So I would have a little bit more faith. There's also the other thing I'm mentioning here in our nation's capital on Saturday night, there will not be any fans, unlike in Tennessee, unlike in Buffalo, right? So part of that home element is there. And what I have been saying is that some of these veteran road quarterbacks with no fans have been able to make so many adjustments, right? And Tom Brady, I know, is going to be bothered by that front four, but he's got a lot of 
toys on the outside. They're even hopeful that Mike Evans will play. And with no fans there, he may still be able to pick out the matchups, give you that kill, 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 and be able to read the mail and figure it out. You know I love the home dog. If it's over a touchdown, I still may be down. But these Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been rolling, putting up 40 recently, and that's a big enough spread against this team. So we'll see. Ask me tomorrow. We'll wrap up this episode of the early line when we come back. state championship sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com stations were cars we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school cruising for chicks and going to the game on friday nights then forgetting where you parked it till saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it i think i see it man this is the sports grid radio network Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you all the winning edge on SportsGrid, Dane and Kevin. And, you know, we are friends and partners with our crew at FanDuel. And, Kev, for Wild Card Weekend, boy, do they got options for us, right? It's like when we were all thirsty in the NFL draft to get a little bit of action. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton provided by our friends at FanDuel. You know, for the weekend, they're doing the highest scoring team, the lowest scoring team. And, like, also for the playoffs, who will be the leading rusher, passer, receiver, and and it's a very interesting thing. I'm in a lot of playoff fantasy uh, pools and leagues as well where you have to factor these players. But you also have to think, like, how many games will they play? Like, you may want to think about Aaron Rodgers or Patty Mahomes as a passing champ for the playoffs. But at max, they'll be in three games. Teams that play this weekend, if they get all the way through to the Super Bowl, will play four. So is someone like a Russell Wilson, a Josh Allen, uh, you know, a, a Baltimore running back or something, if you think they would get through and have more bites at the apple, a lot of things to consider with some of those playoff props that our friends at FanDuel have. Yeah, and, and you and I have been talking this through a little bit here, and we're going to really dive into this tomorrow. For what, sure. Through our conversation, right, you kind of realize that if any team, basically, unless the Super Bowl is the Chiefs and the Packers, right? Right. Then whichever team playing this weekend that gets there is going to have four a games. massive edge when it comes, unless they're playing not then one of the Chiefs and Packers, right? Like if it's two teams playing in the Super Bowl right. from this weekend, then they would have the same edge. Saints build those teams. Right. Right, like they would still have a big edge then, right, going into this meeting. What I would say is, and we'll, we'll do this tomorrow, I think it almost, because of the nature of where a game pick is correlated to this, three to one is the, you know, lowest number for passing yards. There's a lot of juice there. You probably need to pick two horses in each mm. of these if you're going to play in this market. Yeah, and we'll also, Kev, talk about maybe how to leverage some of these as hedges with bets, right? Remember when we were going into the Major League Baseball playoffs, you were picking the game, and then that series also? Maybe there's a way to put all of it together and get you a package that will be profitable for the NFL. That about do it for us here on the early line. But if you're here on the grid the morning after, Jared and Ariel are up next. Have a great day, everybody. to actually play these sports just know about